Welcome to Tech Talks, the technology podcast with David Savage and Jack Pierce, publishing on Mondays and Thursdays. This is the show packed full of interviews and debate with technology leaders for the love of tech. On today's show, we are talking to Avril Chester, the CEO of Cancer Central UK. But before that, hello, Jack, and hello, Jesse, who's joining us on the phone as our as our special co-collaborator, co-conspirator for the day. <laughs> I like that. Hi, guys. How are you? Yeah, Good, yeah. All, all the better for having you on the show, Jesse. You know, it's like when Sean comes on, it gives us that you know level of intelligence that is lacking a lot of the time. Hey, Dave. Yeah, I'd say that's probably fair. <laughs> lacking from us, not our interviewers. Adding some credibility to proceedings. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, over the weekend, I got a little bit obsessed with telling people that they should watch Fire. Yeah, you told me about eight o'clock in the morning on Saturday. Watch Fire now. Did you, uh, did, have you seen it, Jesse? I think you might have done because you were also active on Twitter talking about fire. And if anyone is unsure, I'm on about, it's a Netflix documentary. I mean, it's a year old story, isn't it? Well, more so, yeah. Yeah, I did watch it. Um, I kind of went in with an open mind. I'd obviously seen a lot of the hype about it online prior. Uh, but yeah, I thought it was really good. Um, it's just a crazy story. And it's just crazy to think that obviously um, Billy, the founder, had a lot. I don't want to spoil it for people, though. It's just a crazy story, I guess, because you you kind of walk away, or at least I did, thinking, you know, who's really accountable and who's really to blame, because I feel like everybody inadvertently played a part in actually putting on probably what was what, what was the world, world's worst festival. Really. <laughs> I don't know, have you ever been to V Festival in Chelmsford? <laughs> but but no. one thing from me is, and this is to do with Ja Rule, I mean, this man has had a terrible year 18 months he's mugged everyone off with fire festival he released a tour and he, he went on tour only for 50 cent to buy half of the seats sit in them on his own and laugh at jarrell whilst he performed and no one else got the seats so i have no sympathy for jarrell because he's a horrible man in general but bad year for him I... yeah and also i would just say it just kind of serves to highlight the problem or what I think is a problem in terms of like celebrity endorsement. Yeah, I was going to say this. Influencer marketing and stuff. It's just so dangerous and it can obviously work wonders for brands when they get it right, but done wrong and, you know, stuff like this happens. And I just (laughs) think, you know, everybody, whether it's, if you have a paid job or even if you, you, you are asked to promote X, Y, or Z, you know, we all have our own individual responsibility to do enough due diligence because ultimately it also affects your own brand so yeah. it's just crazy to think that some people just kind of started sharing all of this um stuff and all these photos on instagram clearly without having thought about what they were doing i mean i, I thought it was fascinating that they managed to get you know what a, a kind of a gaggle let's say of the world's top supermodels together on an island produce mm-hmm. a video and get them all to share an orange square you know, obviously because they got paid bucket loads and I think it talks about the one share from Kendall Jenner and how much they paid for it. But that yeah. allowed them to sell out a festival that no one had heard of, mm. like, in days. Like, 95% of the tickets in just days. But didn't the photos of their cheese sandwich go more viral? No, no, no. So that was during the festival. <laughs> that was it, yeah. so, so they've spent so much on this influencer campaign and then one photo from someone with 400 yeah. followers tears the whole facade <laughs> down. I love that. The um, power of social. I mean, I don't... Maybe this is cold-hearted of me. I don't feel particularly sorry for the kids who had quarter of a million dollars to spend on a festival and have their own personal lawyers. I do feel very sorry for, you know, the owner of a, of a bar who 
lost a huge yeah. amount of money. Uh, you said it was a GoFundMe or a crowdfunding. Yeah, apparently she funding. has now yeah. made her money back. Nice, which is which is great. Again, the power of social. I think it's um I think it's a really interesting case study. Aside from it being just in mental, it's a <laughs> it's a really interesting case study in influencer marketing and also the fact that this guy who without wanting to spoil it too much, turns out to be an utter fraudster. How his vision and his purpose, which we talk about a lot in Damn. very positive terms, get a lot of very talented people excited enough to work for him and also then actually left in the lurch when it all falls apart. How many times do we hear of a great co-founder or founder starting a business and then you know embodying their spirit and their values and their mission and then everyone buys into that it's so easy to do i mean the fire thing sounds a bit more cultish than you know some of the people we have on the show yes but you follow you follow the example given and i mean this bloke i mean i don't know where he is now but stay where you are hidden right i think with that we should uh switch back to today's focus which is avril uh who is ceo uh, and founder of cancer central uk it's a really inspiring story because she is a cancer survivor um i hope you enjoy this interview sorry for the small amount of mobile phone interference in the middle of the interview it is only short that's probably just me texting you wasn't it dave something weird uh love colored heart yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> but no stick with it and uh we will talk to you afterwards so today we are chatting with Avril. Thanks for giving up some time and coming in to talk to us. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. No problem at all. And you are the the, the CEO, the co-founder. I suppose CEO might not be the right kind of phrase. How would you describe yourself? Well, I have put CEO on the yeah. on the job title because technically it's just me. So, you know, let's just claim <laughs> it. Uh, but yeah, I'm the founder of Cancer Central. Uh, what is Cancer Central UK? So Cancer Central is one centralised source of information. Mm -hmm. And the intention is to signpost to all those wonderful businesses and charities that support those affected by cancer. And what I mean by this is everything from respite care to benefits advice to insurance products to hats to wigs to incontinence advice to, mm. you know, um, nutrition. There's so much stuff out there and there's no centralised place to go to to understand what's around you. You know, what's on the map? Who's yeah, near yeah. me? What's online? You know, so someone who can help me get to my daily radiotherapy sessions because you've got to do it every day for five weeks and, you know, there's no one that can get me there. So all this kind of localised and national support. Is it almost that there's too much data now? When when, when someone receives that awful news that they, that they are or aren't very well, that you if you were to go online, there's just so much that you could look at that you don't end up looking at the relevant stuff, the right stuff. I think in certainly from a medical perspective, it can be quite confusing, yeah. you know, because everyone's got opinions about, you know, what's what's right, what you should do. And there's different alternative methods, you know, methods coming up, mm. which is extremely difficult. You know, I'm, I'm not in any way, shape or form from that medical profession. But from where we stand, and this is actually came from my own experience, is actually I couldn't find the information, mm. which is a complete opposite. And I give two examples. Um, so I knew I was going to lose my hair. And uh, I thought, you know what, I'm off work. Um, I don't want to order a hat from the internet. I don't know the size of my head. I don't, do you know the size of your head? Well, I know it's large. I know, I know unfortunately, <laughs> I have a large head. When it's shaved, it looks like a microphone. So, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, you can guess. I know they're stretchy. But, you know, let's make a day of it. Let's yeah, have yeah. lunch out. Let's, let's pick whatever hat out. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to go to a very famous search engine. I'm going to put in my location. I'm going to put in hats, you know, chemo yeah. hats. Couldn't find a beam. Two hours later... After getting everything back from the States, it's like, no, I live 
in Sussex. <laughs> there must be something, you know, I want to drop a pin in the map and mm. see what's around me. And I thought, gosh, you know, as a technologist, I'm finding it really hard. This is ridiculous. And then there's things that you don't know about. Um, and what I mean by that is you meet fantastic people on the journey and they share stuff with you. And one of the things that I learned about was this organization called the Willow Foundation. Mm. And I wouldn't type into Google, diagnosed with cancer, under age of 40, nice day out. It's not a set of combination that I would do, but they deliver um, fantastic days for those affected between 16 and 40, mm. a special day. I never thought of special days. I never, you know, gosh, someone paying for a nice trip to go to the theatre with my family was really yeah. memorable and absolutely wonderful. But when you go through this, that's not a data I would think about. So um, actually, I was talking to uh, a gentleman from Catapult the other day and he coined it beautifully for me. And he said, this is about the person, not the patient. So this is everything that's surrounding it. It's not just that medical side. It's about all that holistic view for whether it's physical, mind, soul, you know, counselling, massage, it's everything. Mm. Now, you've touched obviously on, on a big part, I'd imagine, of why this has become a part of your life. But it's always interesting to kind of get someone's motivation. You know, purpose is such a key thing now in the workplace. Sure. And obviously this is more than just work but it is also work <laughs> what without asking you to be too personal because you might not want to share too much but but what what was your personal journey and how did that then get to the catalyst of starting the platform well i went through breast cancer as mm. you probably alluded to sort of before it certainly was not on my to-do list or bucket list i have to yeah. say um so it came as a bit of a shock uh, no one else in the family has had cancer it, it was one of those um real, real shock moments and, uh, you know, as I said, it was, it was when I was off and when I started to go back to work as uh, interim IT director, I started asking around saying, surely there must be something. Now, look, but before hitting uh, record, you were talking about the site. And from a technology angle, it's really interesting that you've chosen to, to use a chatbot and use AI as a yeah. search functionality. As you stated before, typing in something along the lines of uh, a fun day out with cancer is just not the kind of thing that you put in a search <laughs> really? bar. So, um It'd be interesting to find out a little bit more about how you've utilised that chatbot and, and, and what learnings you've got from the, the community. I suppose as more people use it as a search functionality, it must be giving you all sorts of interesting insight into not only what people are looking for, but possibly kind of their own attitudes and behaviours towards it. It is quite fascinating. And uh, I have to say for me that, you know, the most important part about Cancer Central is built on community. Uh, so before we started, we had a hackathon in April and it was the hackathon that came up with the idea about it needs to be purely conversational based. Mm. It needs to, this is how we're going to interact. This is how we're going to say, you know what, if you're going through chemo, these are all the different factors that you can you can talk about. Everything from nutrition to sickness to, to hair loss and everything else. Um, so it's uh, it's quite interesting. So obviously it's right at the start. Um, we've launched, it's beyond my wildest dreams. Uh, I started at the beginning of the year uh, w with nothing. Technically in a way, financially still nothing, but we have an incredible product that's mm. been built by over 10,000 hours uh, with major contributions from Tech Finian and Rock. Um, and IBM Watson have played a, a really key 
part in the hackathon and um, and Chatbot Av because obviously she's uh, she's built on IBM Watson. I'm going to call her she because she's our digital employee and she's learning. And when I say learning, bless her, she's very basic right now, um, and that's fine. It's the start. We've we've yeah, just yeah, got yeah. going. Um, you know, the other day I was I was having a little giggle because we were just testing it out and putting in. Um, you know, we're looking for you know, information around Isle of Man, and of course she picked up Man and started you know, giving results back based on men and male and, you know, like, no, 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 I mean location. Um, so these are the things that it's got yeah. to, to learn and um, and as it grows, it's going to become more sophisticated. It can start to do that identification such as, you looked for this, how have you ever thought of this? You know, um, and it's it's about growing that. But some of the information coming through is, is quite fascinating. So how you'd ask a question, how I'd ask a question, it's very, very different. The strength of AI is obviously built on data. Yeah. And you mentioned before that this is community-based and the content that you need to feed the site is coming from your community. How do you make sure that the, the data and the community is providing the right information to make sure that that chatbot is unbiased, is giving the right information? Uh, it's going to be ongoing. I yeah. mean, something like this is, is constant. So you mentioned, obviously, the community is about feeding the content. Mm -hmm. You know, we're really looking right now for help and support to spread the word that this you know, platform is available. If you know of a business or charity that um, support those affected by cancer, please ask them to register. Um, I'd like to say it's a simple process. Um, obviously, there's lots of room for improvement. It's the first iteration of the site, but you can get registered and, mm -hmm. you know, get on there. Um, I think sort of monitoring it and going forward, I've had a, a lot of discussions and I'll continue to have discussions um, with the community through different feedback forums, whether online or, you know, through a CSR day and such like. Because for me, there's twofold. One, there's um, safeguarding. Um, so one of the things that I'm really keen on is a safeguarding committee, which we're going to establish next year, which will feature people from external organisations. So it'd be sort of twice a year, but particularly safeguarding for under-18s. Because obviously we don't know who's interacting with the site, which is the reason, you know, that's mm. the, the purpose of it. But how about, you know, if someone under the age of 18 is looking and their parents don't want them to know yet, or is looking because they actually don't want to talk to their parents about something? You know, how do we handle that? How do we get smarter, you know, at least identifying and making sure those safeguarding pieces in place? Uh, look, it's a really interesting point. I was at an event last week where the, the um, CIO of the Prince's Trust was talking about the fact that they were using a chatbot on AI and AI to spot early warning signs of suicide. Uh, and they said that, that people appeared to be more comfortable talking to a bot. So it only stands to reason that when you're dealing with sensitive information, you have to have those, those checks in place. It's quite fascinating what's coming through. People, and you're absolutely right, um, they're giving information that's really personal. Mm. Um, and it's like, well, you know, this has happened to me from a medical perspective. Is it right? Kind of thing. Yeah. Well, the one thing about Cancer Central at the moment is we're not here to deliver that sort of medical side of things. We're here to signpost to those organisations. But in time, we want to learn how to deliver key information back from readily available sources. Mm. So that, for me, will come into play then is how do we make sure you know, that continues to be right. And for example, I'd love to work with the Prince's Trust and others that are, you know, going through this so we all share uh, best practice and make yeah. sure, which is what that safeguarding committee is about. It's not just for us. It's how do we share across across industry. So you mentioned IBM Watson earlier. Uh, and obviously you're, you're leading this at the moment, but relying on volunteering hours from different organisations. That's to build the, the platform and the tech? 
Yes, so at the moment what you see, everything's been built through pro bono. Yeah. So the design, the development, the testing, the policies, the ideas, the processes, it's just been phenomenal. This is proper tech for good. This is people coming together to say, we really need this, where can I help? Mm. Um, and I've been so lucky. We've had um, CSR days, you know, I've literally just finished um, five days with a very large financial institution um, who's given me 10 resources for, the, for those five days. And we went through everything, like how can we streamline the process? What should the social media be like next year? How do we utilize the chatbot by helping registrations through social media channels, for example? Um, and I've got a number of things lined up with organizations next year that continues that. You know, there's um, one that we're gonna be looking at the infrastructure with you know it's from a technology team perspective you know if, if you'd like to work with me on the CSR that would be absolutely amazing mm. you know one of the things I want to look at from someone that's got some uh, some great infrastructure resources is as we grow sure we're on AWS right now but as we grow you know the performance is going to be extremely important so how do we monitor that growth where should we go to what should be the strategy mm. and there's some fantastic resources out there that would know those answers have some great advice and can pull that together and that will feed into the whole what we call come innovation which is community plus innovation it, it sounds like kind of a human open source model <laughs> totally everything and, that, and that's, i love it yes it, everything everything's totally open source you know it's not just about ideas it's not just about crowdsourcing it's also about that delivery and it's also about coming up with the best way mm. forward and ideas for features and where we should go and sharing yeah, with, with regards to, to features and yeah. content for the site what kind of stuff do you want to be on there because you've mentioned obviously about days out and, and hats but is it is it kind of like cancer survivors and kind of i suppose it, you don't want it to be full of kind of empathy-filled stories and, and whatever else, it's practical advice at the same time. So I suppose striking a balance around the content and what you're looking for is an interesting kind of topic as well. It, it is quite fascinating because obviously, you know, there, there's a, a very dark uh, a part to this, you know, undeniably, but there's also some joyous parts mm. and, and opportunities and, you know, things that are out there. Um, one of the sort of sort of features, and it is slightly more techy, is we're working with a, an organisation who's one of the the five um, globally at the moment that's been granted access for WhatsApp for customer service. And one of the things we're working with is um, for those that are registered on the site, if you're interested in you know taking part in the trial. So WhatsApp have to prove you, but you know as you go through, you know. One of the things at the moment is so many people have helplines and, you know, um, you may not be the appropriate time to call up. You might not want to speak, um, you know, the whole, going back to the whole chatbot discussion. Um, you know, if there's a WhatsApp conversation you can have with someone instead, you know, what about that opportunity? Where, where could that go? Where could mm. that, you know, advice stem from? Or, you know, if you just want to make a booking somewhere, you know, it might be bit easier based on your current emotional state than it is sort of to phone up or visit the website or go through so how can we it's all about streamlining how can we get you connected a lot quicker finally to mention uh the work the body of work that you're leading is 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 incredible and and as a consequence you've been nominated as, as, as a finalist for the women in it awards right thank you yeah i'm a little bit shocked um because i feel <laughs> like i've just started i've got so much to do um you know i've got these grand plans but and... as you said it's tech for good so it's the kind of it's, it's why technology should exist right yes no exactly and and for me i mean I, I'm I'm really honoured and there's a fantastic lady that um, nominated me and I just, she knows who she is and I just wish to say thank you um, to her. And, 
it's all about a celebration. Mm. Cancer Central wouldn't be there if it wasn't for all these other people, if it wasn't for Tech Video, if it wasn't for Rock, if it wasn't for the individual roles, if it wasn't for IBM Watson. Um, you know, all these things, there's over 100 individuals already on my acknowledgement page and 20 plus organizations. Mm. It's going to grow. And the, for me, the being a finalist is for everybody because it is that whole open source, it's community, it's commination. That's, that's what it's there for. Well, look, I really appreciate you coming in and, and sharing some of that story. Oh. I hope it continues to go from strength to, to strength to strength, obviously, and that people get in touch and offer to, to volunteer and donate some time or either create some content for the, for the platform. But um, it's been great to chat and uh, this will go out in January, but it is in the run into Christmas. So have a, have a lovely festive break. Thank you and you. Happy Christmas. So Jesse, hello. What what did you look? Uh, this is this is um, one of those talks that when I sent it over to Jack to listen back to, I initially said, "Look, it's not that techy," and then I, I listened to it again today before we hit record and realised that actually there's a hell of a lot of tech in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, um, props to Avril because I think what she's doing is amazing. Mm. I think you know, cancer is such an awful disease, and we all kind of know that anyway. But I think you only realise just how awful it is when you unfortunately either unfortunately experience it yourself or you see somebody who you love and care for, you know, going through it themselves. So the fact that she's created a hub um, with all the information and all the different links and access to information that actually is really valuable because um, having gone through something recently myself, mm. you know, the first kind of um, impulse is to go online and look for information. And it's scary to think that there's so much, excuse my French, crap out there um, which you don't necessarily need to read up on, especially when you're already going through what is quite a horrible time. So, yeah. yeah, I think it's an amazing thing. And in all honesty, I'm actually surprised that nothing like this existed prior. So I, I can see that Jack is jumping to, to jumping at me to get to kind of get in on the conversation. But the, just the one point on that, it, cancer dehumanizes people. Yeah. And, and she says that line there, that this is about the person, not the patient. And it's very easy to find lots of confusing medical information and our, our impulses to find out about state, what stage of cancer and how it can be treated. But actually the emotional impact and how life revolves around beyond that is often forgotten about, right? It's, it's, it's craziness. It's, I mean, I love the story around Avril Googling the things you know the, the the thread that she typed in you know yeah, nice yeah. day out cancer sufferer or whatever and then and Un, it, under 40 yeah yeah it's i mean for me what was what and, and jesse you touched on it there it is that it's one sort of central growing platform location for people to go to and i mean it's a, it's massive on data sharing knowledge sharing experience sharing which is what our community is in tech in whatever you know and dave that that coinage of comp I'm not going to pronounce Come it. Innovation. Come innovation. I mean, that just, my ears perked so high they went off the top of Heron Tower. It's such a good word, but it's human open source as well. You know, this is this is what startups, tech, whatever it is, is all about. It's community and innovation and sharing that. And, you know, this is, if anything, one of the best examples of tech for good out there. And the fact that everyone's sharing such good stuff and helping each other and enabling each other is just like, it's amazing. It's no surprise well, that she's got her nomination or, for the award. Also that responsible tech angle, you yep. know, um, 
wanting to share best practice. All yeah. of these 10,000 man hours from various different people doing the work Volunteers. on a pro, pro bono basis yeah. is incredible. I mean, yeah, Jesse, do you, do you hear other examples of stuff that, that, that's like this across the sector where it's not concerned with, with health tech? Or do you think it's because it's so emotive that people are obviously, and so many people are touched, they want to help? I think it's probably a bit of both. Um, I think, you know, obviously um, cancer is such a huge topic and unfortunately a lot of people have different experiences for, uh, with it. Um, but I think it. I think the danger is sometimes people specify or concentrate on a particular form of cancer. Mm. Um, and that's not to say that, you know, some cancers are better than others. It's obviously all, uh, you know, awful and everyone will have a different experience with it, unfortunately. But I, I like the fact that this is like agnostic to the different types of cancer, if mm. you see what I mean. Yeah. And the fact that it's open source and, you know, it's exactly what you guys just said about the tech for good angle. And I know that Avril made a, a point of, you know, focusing on that during her chat with you guys. But I honestly couldn't agree more. I've seen stuff um, in the past, uh, you know, platforms that people can access to, you know, get um, research clinical trials. Uh, whether cancer related or not, which I think is also incredible because ultimately when you try and wade through that information, it I can assure you because I've done it recently, it just blows your brain in the sense that there's so much stuff to get through and so much terminology, which is another point that you guys raised, mm. that literally if for, to the average person on the street, it means absolutely nothing. Yeah. So it's so easy to fall down this um, you know rabbit hole of information and more often than not, it's information that either you don't really want to know or ultimately you just don't understand. Mm. Um, so I think it's great that people are running you know, around the project and coming together and the com, com innovation angle is fantastic because if anything, um, this is the kind of stuff that I think technology really should be um, you know, powering and, and we need to do more of it. To, to that point about there being so many different types of cancer, when we talk about chatbots, we often kind of put them in the context of selling a product, so selling insurance perhaps, or, or okay. being employed by a bank to help someone access their banking services. Yeah. And I think Avril does herself a disservice here because she says, oh, it's a very basic chatbot. But she's not selling a service here. She's no. trying to cater for such a wide variety of circumstances and cases. And she makes the point that, you know, how people ask questions is all very different. So I think she does herself a huge disservice when she talks about the basic aspect of it. You know, she's she's dealing with a much harder task here than building something that sells insurance. Oh, absolutely. And I just think, you know, she she lays into her chatbot about the Isle of Man you know, <laughs> thing. And I just think, like, I mean, this is as a result of IBM Watson. So you know it's going to get there. You know it's going to eventually, you know, be tippy-top and all the rest of it. But, yeah, I mean, this, this raised a really key point that I don't think we touched on much and I mean we did a while ago but it all depends on what information you're feeding into your AI doesn't it you yep. know it really does and the more you feed in the more it learns the better it becomes at reacting and things like that I mean I always harp on about the AI that I think MIT used they sent it to the dark corners of Reddit to become a psychopath and guess what it did become a well, psychopath I don't, I don't think they sent it to become a psychopath no but they yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they want well, no, no, I think they did want to see how far it would go and right. like just yeah, started creating Rorschach images and it just all got a bit worrying for them. And um, but I mean that chatbot will be unbiased and it will get better and better. 
And but for me, one of the most important things that she spoke of, and we we see and hear it a lot more now, is their safeguarding committee. I mean, how refreshing is it to see someone install a committee around data and protecting it and using mm. it correctly? And you know. She talks. She goes on to talk about some people might not want to tell their parents or their loved ones about cancer at an early stage, and it's about protecting them. And that is ultimately what I think you know Cancer Central are doing. They're enabling people to feel more comfortable, but they're also mm. safeguarding that data. Yeah. Yeah, I think she also hit the nail on the head as well when she said, you know, people have different ways of looking for information and asking yeah. questions. And I think in this day and age, it's really important to cater for those needs, especially when you're going through something like cancer. And ultimately, every day is different. Yeah. I think, um, you know, um, I always used to think that I was always up for, you know, having as much information as possible and making sure that I'd asked all the right questions and looked at all the different angles. But ultimately, when you're in a room with an oncologist and they give you all sorts, you know, they just fire information off at you, um, you you walk away basically thinking, oh my gosh, why did I not ask this? Yeah. You know, uh, and. I think the danger is that you then go home and because people tell you, you know, don't Google stuff because you're going <laughs> to come up with all sorts of weird, weird stuff and you almost try to protect yourself. And I don't feel like the internet at the moment when you're going through an illness mm. um, is a safe place in that sense. I mean, I typed my symptoms into Google when I had a heavy chest and it was literally just that, a bit of a cough. And, you know, yeah. I had I had every cancer under the sun, according to Google, you know. Yeah. You go, you type your symptoms in online or you do anything like that online, it's going to come up. You know, the same way that AI in the news always comes up negatively. You type your symptoms in, it's not going to be like, oh, you're fine, let's move on. It's going to, wants to get you to the pages that will give you the information yeah, yeah. and it does worry people. Well, look, that's, that's why I think that um, she has been nominated for this award, you know, Entrepreneur of the Year at the Women in, T- in, in IT Awards. I think that passion, but also importantly, actually, a lot of humour comes through from, from Avril. You know, she's, she is a cancer survivor but she approaches this with a lot of integrity because I think she can, she she can be relatable, right? You know, um, she's not sitting morose in a corner. She's challenging it, and she she shows that humour, uh, and she's a really wonderful advocate for what for what tech can do to help people. Okay. Definitely, and just the fact that you know she's taking her experience to basically leveraging that to try and help other people is amazing. Okay. I wonder what. What would isolate? I mean, we know how badly VC pitches and things like that can go, and we always <laughs> we we always know that like we were talking just before we came online about you know the CES stuff a couple of weeks ago where they dropped the fem sex tech product or whatever. Now, what do you think makes a room full of investors more awkward? Talking about a horrific story that you've overcome, such as cancer or something like that, or presenting them with a sex toy that you know is going to make them feel weird. It's it, for me they're two different things, but. It must be incredibly hard to go relive that story every time you have to pitch it to yeah, someone yeah. else. Um, it's just a very interesting point, and Avril is nothing but eloquent when she describes her, her journey there. Well, look, I think that will do for part one of the show. Uh, come back to us in 45 seconds-ish, uh, because we have an important announcement, and then Jesse has an article to share with us. So, Jack, are you getting over the January blues? Have you got New Year's resolutions? Uh, no to both. Well, two books that might be able to help you come up with some, some targets for the new year. Yeah. The Art of Life Admin by Elizabeth Emmons. Okay. Available on Audible. That's a new release. And The World's Fittest Book by Ross Edgeley, uh, the cover of which will shame you into the gym. 
He's a very really? good man. Ah, uh, they might have used an old stock photo of me for that then. I don't think so. No. He's about three jacks wide. Wow. Yeah, but there are new releases on Audible that might help you ease into the new year in a positive frame of mind. I'll give them a go. Welcome back to Tech Talks. Um, before Jesse shares an article with us, we do have an exciting announcement. Um, Very. You might know that it's currently awards season. Yeah, you the might, Oscar nominations are out. I was going to say, you might have seen that the Oscar nominations are out. The second most important list of nominations. After Smash Hits? No, after something you're about to talk about. By the way, Oscar nominations, Black Klansman, brilliant film. Yeah, everyone um, deserves to win an award for that. Spe I mean, <laughs> now I know I'm going to be part of the problem here, but Adam Driver, I know he's a white male, but still deserves uh, the award for best supporting actor. Because what the role he plays is an undercover... Well, he's, he's a Jewish detective that goes undercover in the KKK on behalf of a black, man, uh, a black American. And it's incredible. It is, I mean, it's a, it's a hilarious film whilst also being very, very gritty. Yes. So there we go. Black, Spike Lee's film, Black Klansman. Go see that. There's uh, our little plug. Uh, impromptu. Uh, <laughs> gone off on a tangent there, Jack. Uh, right. Like us. But we have an award. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Technology Personality of the Year Award. Mm. Okay, we decided to go back through the 130 odd guests that we have featured on this show yep. over the last 18 months and whittle it down to a shortlist of six people. Mm. And this wow. is a yeah, yeah, that took a while. Um, we did, didn't it? We all sat, we were like scratching our heads for a good hour or so, weren't we? But we do have criteria for this award, and they're criteria that we would like you to take to heart when judging this award. They are that we're looking for someone who is a voice for the responsible application of tech and tech for good. Mm. Not just a technologist, but someone who understands the value of community. Someone who's fixing real problems, not fueling consumer society. A person we felt challenges the status quo, so a champion of inclusion, perhaps. Mm -hmm. An individual with a strong sense of purpose and someone we feel inspired by, so de facto someone you feel inspired by. Um, we're hoping that this isn't just, you know, a popularity who can get the most votes, who's, who's a well-known person in tech. So we've deliberately gone for six people that may not be household names. Mm -hmm. some, some of them are well-known within the tech industry, but... Um, we've picked out Gillian Kowalchuk from Safe in the City, Tessa Clark from Olio, Pete Briffitt, who is uh, from Wagestream, Hayley Sudbury from Workin, Rioch Edwards-Brown from So You Want to Be in TV, and Douglas Lloyd from Azumi. There they are. That the is themed inaugural group. That is our shortlist for your technology personality of the year. We will launch this at our live event next Thursday. Um, so that's at Westworks from 6pm. We will launch a landing page. We will encourage you to go there, listen back to their interviews and, and vote. Uh, and we hope that lots of you do. And then in early May at our second live event, we will announce and, uh, and, and give an award to the winner. That sounds amazing. I really like the angle that you've gone for and also the people you've shortlisted. Mm. Um, yeah, well, we, we're hoping, as I said, we're hoping that this is something tangible in terms of we want someone that, that shares the value that we hope this show um, tries to espouse when it doesn't get too waylaid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it, we, we, everything we do in the podcast is, is for the community, right? We, mm. we do it for the tech community. 
and we felt as though you know oh, we, oh pat ourselves on the back yeah and we've got <laughs> we've got on average about six listeners now as well so we thought we'd, we'd let them have a chance to choose their favourite person from our list so you know our, fr- our one friend out in Texas you know, our, our, our listeners in, our two listeners in Jordan please please do vote <laughs> Look, Jesse, I know you've you've been someone who's been very kind to us and supported the show um, over the last oh, eighteen months or so now. Mm. Maybe not, maybe longer. Um, any of those names, kind of, you remember, kind of sticking sticking out? Yeah, yeah, Data City, and obviously Olio are two companies that I know of um, quite well, and I think what they're trying to do is really, really smart, but also really necessary and very original. I mean, mm. I guess if I just take it back to basics and kind of talk about my experience as a journalist, I think, um, you know, we are bombarded by pitches every single day. Um, sometimes it's from companies that are essentially doing the same thing as their competitors. There might be some, you know, kind of like a different angle. But I think both those companies actually in today's um, world, they kind of have captured the zeitgeist quite well. Um, so I'm not going to obviously say who I will be voting for. <laughs> no, please don't influence the vote. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but... but I think it's a good group of people and it's also um, you know good that you've quite rightly gone to people that are not necessarily the same names that are being mm. kind of drawn out of hats every single time so you know well done to you guys so I mean we we know what we're doing always <laughs> don't we uh, but I mean ju- just on the two options you gave us there I mean Tessa from Olio is is much like Avril you know it's not necessarily the biggest tech company but it's for the community right mm. and you know, yeah. Gillian as well, that information, like Avril, is knowledge share. It is, you know, crowdsource, uh, open source. So it's not all about tech for us, is it, Dave? No, I, I think I think with all six, you know, one of the things that we were particularly intrigued by was, was people who are fixing real problems yeah. and not just necessarily looking at, at building a business. Building a business isn't necessarily the best starting crooks for a modern tech business. So exactly. um, these people are all kind of tackling something that society... Uh, probably needs a helping hand with. So go look, go go have a look at the landing page. We will be sharing it till you are sick of it. Um, guarantee that. Uh, yeah, get you muted on Twitter now if you don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we'd love you, love you to spend a little bit of time having a think about which of those six people um, you think best represents what's good in the industry and showing them a little bit of recognition. Which... I think it's a good point now to turn to Jessie and find out what she would like to highlight is going on in the world of tech. Yeah. Right. Okay. So as you probably, I think, mentioned earlier, I recently joined the NextWeb. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am the UK crypto correspondent, but the article that I kind of wanted to highlight today has nothing to do with crypto, but it's something that caught my attention because I just feel... Um, there's a good example of like humanizing technology in the sense that we're making it more approachable to people and giving people context about what's going on in the world. Okay. So if I said to you, Miley Cyrus, an EU um, upcoming EU copyright reform, you'd probably think I'd lost uh, I'd lost my mind, right? Something to do with memes. Almost there, <sighs> almost there. So as my colleague Mar um, pointed out quite rightly. Um, Miley Cyrus sent a birthday tweet to, I think is now her husband, Liam Hemsworth, last week. Um, So he did a really good piece on what that had to do with the EU's upcoming copyright reform, because perhaps... Sorry, your your colleague, not Liam Hemsworth. 
Yeah, yeah, my colleague. I mean, <laughs> Jesse's colleague, Liam. Sure, <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure he's um, had the time to um, write something up. Sorry, <laughs> my colleague. I speak a little bit too fast sometimes. I sound a bit no, like no, no, that's just me being silly. Don't worry. Don't be, anyway, sorry. Don't, uh, yeah. <laughs> don't be put off. Um, so, yeah, basically, she obviously recorded herself, um, you know, wishing him a happy birthday, and there was a song playing in the background, which I believe is the One Way Ticket by The Darkness. Cool. Um, and then obviously, you know, uploaded the video and shared it on Twitter. So um, what the article kind of quite rightly points, to that, points out is that the music in the background is copyrighted material. Um, mm. And then I'm by no means an expert or do I pretend or want to be on um, EU legislation, let alone copyright. But there's quite um, a deep dive into the ominous um, Article 13, which... Um, has actually been dubbed as the censorship machine by opponents. Mm. I mean, just and sorry, I was just going to say, like, I, I, when you go onto Reddit or YouTube now, this comes up about this. This this is it Article Thirteen, um, yeah. and you know, is it a good thing we're Brexit in then? That's the oh, question. It's never a good thing. Hey, it's definitely not a good thing. But if this means I can still share memes, you know, freedom of movement versus memes for me, they're equal. <laughs> I love memes. Dank memes, deep fried memes, you name it, I'm on it. Okay? Now, I can see how literally EU internet will be boring as sin if this, well, when this happens, right? That's that, that, you know, you can't use anything that has property rights to somewhere else. So you'll just get weird, weird shit being shared and. I mean, maybe it's to encourage original content, but if you go onto Reddit, Reddit is not about original content. It's about taking the piss out of original content, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, satire is spinning. Well, exactly. I mean, this uh, this just shows, you know, how archaic and how fucking freaky the uh, EU is. You know, this is this is huge for Mark for our generation. This is not Jack, uh, by the way, getting behind the no deal Brexit. Uh, just, no. just to point out, he no. is definitely not a Brexiteer. No, I am, I am a sport Remainer, believe me, unless you take away my memes. <laughs> I think Jack is just worried about um, everyone becoming far less funny after Brexit. That's I think exactly that's what right. the real problem is, right? That's exactly right, yeah. Uh, I, I get it, but... Who's going to actually enforce that that <laughs> legal claim? Like you're going to have to have a lot dark, of people. The darkness. Mr. Hawkins doesn't seem like the type to get over. He hasn't had a hit for about fifteen years. He probably does oh, need the money. Really, from this? <laughs> but yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be some very sad lawyer but that goes. This just happened with. Uh, I mean, I, I'm sorry to always bring back Star Wars, but um, Star Wars Theory, a YouTube channel, created a Darth Vader fan film. And it is superb. It's 15 minutes long, part one, and it is stunning. They used a bit of the Imperial March in it, and Disney and Lucasfilm said, this is fine, you can do what you want as long as you don't monetize it. Warner Chapel, a division of Disney or whatever, then said, no, you use the Imperial March, any money you make comes to me. And the bloke went, well, I'm not making any money. I've, I've got rid of all of that aspect. So they went, right, we've got to stop then. At which point, Lucasfilm stepped in and said, no, shut up, Warner. He can do what he wants. Let him do it. So, I mean, unless we have every kind of publishing house media firm say, no, we're happy for people to use our properties and our content, unless that happens at a higher level, regulation will win this battle. It's the tenuous point. I, I just, I look, I, I just can't believe that we're spending time 
<laughs> listening to arseholes implementing this. I know, no, you're right. <laughs> I mean, surely there's other problems in the world that deserve more attention. But drug than, regulation than, needs to take... Than, than cracking down on yeah. a wife sending her husband a birthday message, for God's sake. Mental. Am I, have, have I missed the point, Jesse? Am I being too simple about this? <laughs> I think, I think, yeah. I think you're, you're completely right. I just think that... Um, I think what the article did really well was trying to bring into mainstream consciousness that, you know... This article 13 is a thing, and that yeah. has the effect that it will have on life. So I, I, you know, I think it's probably what we wanted to highlight is the fact that people would have the same reaction to to Jack yeah. and to you. Um, I know that there's been a lot of talk in recent months, you know, from YouTubers and oh, I hate the word influencer, but I'm going to use it because it's the right context <laughs> um, about you know playing songs in the backgrounds of their videos and them getting quite a fair of like bit of you know crap for it um i don't know i just find the whole thing is just it's open to interpretation obviously but like you say who who is gonna want to enforce this and who is there going who to wins yeah, well exactly. who wins? look i mean we probably flounce, flouted royalty uh, legal rights at Christmas when we decided to use Wham's Last Christmas in the background of us doing a Christmas ad. And we used Born in the USA for an American yeah. thing for last year. But for God's sake, we're a podcast with, you know, at best 10,000 listeners at the minute and yeah. we're just trying to create a bit of fun content. You know, if someone actually came to us and went, cease and desist and pay us some money, you'd be like, really? Well, that has Come happened on. in the past with us anyway, <laughs> cease and desist. But yeah. Um, no, I mean, it's it's... For me, it's, and I know this might be coining a new phrase, but it's regulation for regulation's sake. When there's already things that need top priority with regulation, like I said, drone regulation and things like that. Coming, coming back to thinking about dot everyone, you know, yes, we, we, we were yes. talking with um, with Rachel Caldicott, uh, the CEO of, of Dot Everyone, and she was saying, you know, that unfortunately the, the early promise of what the internet could be has been warped by yeah. by those who have and trying to have even more, you know? And I think this is probably a, a position where you've got lots of rich people who are lawyered up trying to make even more money out of poor saps. Look, if the French went into full-scale revolution riots over diesel prices, I can't imagine what the rest of Europe will do if they take away our memes. <laughs> right? Word gonna, of warning. Are you going to get out Juncker. there with, with, with a yellow jacket or something? Yeah, I am. <laughs> with memes plastered on my back and on my front. I don't care. Jesse, up and throw away the key. Jesse, I think it was a very good article for highlighting the ridiculousness of regulation for regulation's mm. sake. We are a fan of regulation. Mm-hmm. We are a fan of the EU. We are not a fan of this. Mm. I don't know whether that was mm. a good soundbite. Like I don't think I've ever seen you guys that so riled up. I love it. I need to do this more often. You need to come on here often and stoke the fire, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Well, look, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, uh, really good to to hear that everything's going well at the next web, and mm-hmm. you are welcome back anytime. Um, until then, though, uh, look, thank you to Avril for being our guest this week. And when we launch the landing page a week today, please, please go there and vote for your tech personality of the year. I certainly will. Thank you so much to both of you, and um, you know, thank you for always making it fun. Hey.